Well, good morning. If you take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 10, I would appreciate that. Luke chapter 10, we're going to be looking at the uh, story of the Good Samaritan. Um, today we're going to be recapping uh, some Love Does projects and get, hearing some testimonies of that week and uh, all the projects that were going on, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, if you would uh, welcome our, our guests, our panel of speakers as they come up, because they're, they're out of their element. Give them a hand, right? Thanks, you guys. Yeah. So today we're going to look at the uh, and focus on love. And uh, one of the things I've continued to say is that we're to love our neighbor. And Jesus, of course, started that. It wasn't original with me. But we're to love our neighbor, right, as ourself. And, uh, and, and what does that look like? And, and, and I think we, we epitomize that very well uh, during our Love Does Mission Week. And so today we're going to, to look at some aspects of love from the story of the Good Samaritan, and also hear, uh, as we go through those, those aspects of love, hear from uh, these guys and gals, testimonies of how that was seen and accomplished uh, during that week. It's going to be a fun time. So we are in Luke chapter 10. If you would turn there, I need to turn there also. Luke chapter 10, and we're going to read 25 through 37 together. All right, you ready? Just then, an expert of the law stood uh, stood up to test him, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He asked him. How do you read it? And he answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, he told him. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus took up the question and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, beat him up, and fled, having left him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite, when he arrived at the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan on his journey came up to him, and when he saw the man, he had compassion. He went over to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring, out, or pouring on oil and wine. And uh, then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and, to, uh, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him. When I come back, I will reimburse you for whatever extra you spend. Which of these three do you prove to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The one who showed mercy on him, he said. Then Jesus told him, go and do the same. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your kindness, for your compassion, for your mercy and your grace. We're thankful that you have bestowed that upon us, that we we could be called sons and daughters of God because of your righteousness and what you have accomplished. God, as we look at the scriptures today, I, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to know how deeply you love us and how deeply we are to love others. God, convince us of your truth. Guide us into obedience, challenge us and change us, and conform us into the image of the Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So we're going to look at uh, at three three points today about love in regards to this passage, and we're going to to kind of connect those dots with some of the testimonies that we'll hear today as well uh, from this gang up here. Um, First off, number one about love is this. Love won't always be convenient. 
Love won't always be convenient. Isn't that the truth? Now, we like to make it convenient. We like to, and I think we pretend we love when we want it to be convenient. You look at the story even, and I, and I didn't catch this earlier, but you look at the story, it just happened that the priest came down that road. See, I don't think there are just, just so happens that just happen by chance. I think God places us in moments in time with people for their benefit and for ours. And, and you and I may not find it convenient at times, but what God is saying is take this opportunity to love and serve someone, take this opportunity to engage with them about Christ, take this, take this opportunity to partner with me in what I'm doing for my kingdom amongst you. And you and I sometimes say, well, it's not too convenient. Well, love won't always be convenient. Verses 30 to 32, Jesus took up the question and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, beat him up, and fled, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road. You catch it there? A priest just so happened to be going down that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. It wasn't convenient. In the same way, a Levite, when he arrived at the place and saw him passed by on the other side. You know, I think mission, mission weeks are important, and, uh, and we, we do that as a church family. But I want us to understand something, that the fullness and the culmination of our Christian walk is not that we participated in Mission Week with our church. That is a starting point, a springboard that we bounce off from and that we, we go into something bigger. The culmination of the Christian walk is that you and I would take it upon ourselves to love people deeply, even when it's not convenient, to be the hands and feet of Jesus individually and love our neighbors as ourselves. That when we walk out those doors, whether it's convenient or not, we will choose to be loved. See, I think there's times and even excuses that you and I can make to not love people because, well, I, I accomplished it two weeks ago during Love Does. It was convenient then, right? I put it on my calendar. I even took time off of work, Brandon. And maybe that wasn't too convenient for you. I get it. But if we stay locked there and say that was it, what you're choosing is to love when it's convenient. And what God says, it's, it's not about loving when it's convenient. Love is not always convenient, is it? So having eyes open and ears open to see the opportunities that God would present to us to love people in a deep way, to show, show love to them because he first loved us and showed compassion for us. Do you think it was convenient for Jesus to die on a cross? No, it was not. So we're going to go through a, a few different stories about inconveniences during the week, uh, the Love Does Mission Week, and just showing that, that it, it mattered. It still was beneficial, even though it might have been inconvenient. First up, we have Norm here, and he's going to share about the bunk bed project a little bit and some of the, the snags you might have run into, but some of the benefits as well. Go ahead, Norm. I'd like to come up here before you today, tell you that I bought a plan, uh, made a working plan, went down to the lumber yard and bought some lumber and come back and everything just went along smoothly and we put these four beds together. But I can't tell you that. <laughs> because this program uh, fought us from beginning to almost the end and uh, it, it was, we went through a great deal of difficulty. Uh, uh, an example, the first early in the week uh, there were Mike Shannon and myself and I think Mike Ogg was there. We were working and the rest of the guys had to show up and we were working and a friend of ours drove up and he looked around, surveyed the situation, and uh, 
He said, this is the dumbest thing you two guys have ever done. <laughs> and I was a little angry, but I walked away thinking to myself that uh, I've done a lot of things dumber than this. <laughs> <laughs> I have a long list, and this don't even make the list. After he explained his, what he really wanted to say, uh, it still didn't make the list. We, we had a plan to, we were, everybody had a job and cutting these pieces out. And it was, uh, when everybody's doing one job and all of us have different skill sets, all of them don't come out the same length. And the holes aren't all drilled in the right place. And several other things that made the assembly difficult. As we went on, uh, we kind of found our stride. Everybody found their job. They could do their job. And things went a little smoother. And these things started to come together. And we started to come together as a group. Uh, a couple of these guys that were working with me, uh, I had never seen before. Because I don't usually go to the morning service. And they went to the morning service. And uh, we got to know those two guys. The rest of the fellas all worked in my Bible. And the work with me were all in my Bible study group. And we got even closer still because we had to put up with each other. Uh, somebody stand beside you and say, oh, you can't do that like that. And you kind of look around and talk about it a little bit and find out that he was probably right. I couldn't do that like that. And that's what all of these people were about. They saved me from making mistakes. They saved other people from making mistakes, and we saved them from making mistakes. All total, this thing smoothed out a little bit towards the end, and we started putting things together, and, and as we went along, there was more pride and more self-satisfaction. Because for me, I don't know about the rest of them, <clears throat> every mission trip or every mission that I have ever been on has been very satisfactory for me. I always took away way more than I brought. And that's a, that's a great, great feeling. If you haven't ever experienced it, when you can go home with a smile on your face because you've done something for somebody less fortunate than you or something that's for somebody that they needed, uh, there's just not another feeling like it in the world. Uh, we had, we all had a great time when it all came down to the end of it. We all went over to the uh, person's, the people's house. That we had to put the bed together in, and we had very, very, very limited room to work. And uh, so. A couple of the guys got in the middle of the bed and put it together from inside. 
with the rest of us standing around outside and giving them assistance and telling them how to do their job. Uh, we, had a, we had a pretty good time with the husband that was there. He was very interested in it, watched us every step of the way, asked a lot of questions. And when we left there, we felt like, when I left there, I felt like I had accomplished a lot. And uh, very, the whole experience, even though it makes uh, sweat break out of my forehead when I think about it sometimes, uh, was very, very satisfying. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Mom. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, in those kind of situations, you have, you have one, one plan, maybe a couple people that could be really efficient at it, but you, you, things kind of get complicated when you add more people to it, and, and uh, certainly it becomes inconvenient. But um, how, how we love one another, how we, how we come together to love our community is, is really important. And, uh, and the bond that we share because of that, like Norm said, he, he's got two new friends that he didn't have before, that, uh, that those bonds will continue to tie here. And then, of course, the blessing that it was uh, to that family in need as well and the families that will benefit in the coming weeks and months as well from these beds. So very good. Crystal, I know you uh, you had shared a little bit of inconvenience about the story. Um, the, the teenagers stayed the night here on Friday night. So there was an overnighter, and they were getting ready for some events and stuff. But uh, you think about a, a teenager's overnighter, what's, they're going to go to bed early, right? And it's gonna, they're going to be on top of it. Share some thoughts there, Crystal. Uh, yeah, we had quite a good handful of young people from our, from our church, but from other churches and just around town. And we were having sleepovers, so that was, like, great, and everyone wanted to come. And it was going to be fun and games, and, but it was more about mission. And we were going to set up, um, like, a kids' festival, a carnival at Sisson in the cafeteria gym. So <clears throat> the goal that Friday night was to make decorations and make signs and um, paint things and organize you know, our bracelet center and organize our paint paint face painting stuff and also you know to cut tattoos and stickers and go through toys and stuff 400 eggs and so we were really grateful to have them here there was a lot of work to be done and they did it and they were happy about it um, Chase had told me that like lights out was probably like 11:30, but we weren't even done with all of our stuff until 11:30, and so um, then it was time to play and have fun because that's what teenagers like to do. And so, you know, I tried to hang in there for a while, but I'm like not used to that. And so, luckily, there was a young lady that didn't really want to stay up that much later, so we kind of just were getting ready for bed. But it was like 12:30. I just remember laying in here because we the, the girls were sleeping in here, and I just remember hearing just such chaos, like screaming, yelling, running back and forth, something going on over here. I mean, obviously, we didn't go to bed at 1230. I don't know. Maybe the young lady did, but no. And so, and I just remember thinking, get up and tell them to get to bed, you know? <clears throat> but I didn't. And um, the teenagers started to come in. The girls started to come in. It was 1.30. And they had their popcorn, and they had their snacks, and they were talking, they were eating, and I just laying there thinking, oh my gosh, they're having such a great time. Like, that's awesome. I wish I was still up, like, having a great time. And I got up and kind of talked to them. But we went to sleep, and then um, morning just came very early. And so it was like 6 o'clock, and I'm like, okay, Crystal, wash up, make some coffee, make some breakfast for all these kids. And uh, Chase kind of comes into the, into the kitchen, and he's like, we stayed up late. 
because he had the boys, and it was like 3, 3.30, so it was like, <laughs> like, I think I went to bed, it was like 3.30. So it just made me nervous, you know, I'm putting the food out for them, and I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to get up, because everyone was meeting us here in the foyer, and Alistair was going to talk to us and give us our jobs, because we were going to go to the, um, the manor, the Escaton manor, to clean, and to rake, and to wash, and to do a bunch of stuff. But, you know, God is good, and Jesus was moving through all these young people, and just kind of came through, and was like, time to wake up, people are going to come, and um, I even thought, like, 15 minutes later, like, maybe there were still girls sleeping, but they weren't, they got up, they washed their face, they got on their sweatshirts, you know, even the boys, I think all the boys were in the kitchen, they were hungry, but they were in there before all the girls, and, you know, we got to talk to them, and have devotion, and then we all just moved out here, and seemed like 15, 20 more people came, and we were all just waiting for our our tasks and our job for the day, but it was just amazing that to see the young teenagers, to not, they weren't crying, they weren't complaining, they weren't, you know, calling home and saying, I didn't realize that we were going to go to the old folks' home this morning. Um, no one ran out the back door. Um, one actually left, and I thought maybe she wasn't going to come back, but she just wanted her sweatshirt, so she matched everybody, and it was just an awesome feeling to know that they were here for the right reasons, and they wanted to serve. Yeah, there's certainly a, um, a unity there, and, and we'll talk about it in a few minutes, but the love, the love inside of us is something that, it, it, even though it's inconvenient, we still love. So there's a joy that's different than normal, and typical teenagers, even these youth group kids, on a di- for a different day, doing a different project, or not even a service project, would probably not have been bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, right? They would have been dead and comatose and complaining, because that's what teenagers do, that's okay, Right? But, but I think there was this anticipation, this excitement, saying this is how we're going to love. This is how we're going to serve. And, and they, so they got up and, and got going. That was, that's awesome. You know, one of the things uh, about love, you know, love, love certainly divides, especially when we talk about um, the love of Christ and the gospel. It divides because there are people that, that don't want anything to do with the gospel. There are people that don't want anything to do with Jesus Christ, and, and they would just rather have him pushed aside and out of their face. Okay? But, but for us... It's the love of Jesus Christ that motivates us to then love our community, right? We love because he first loved us. So there's unity also that, that unites the believer. There's uni- unity in, in Jesus Christ. And uh, it, the unity is that, that we understand the reality of our sinfulness. We understand the reality of God's grace and compassion for us seen in Jesus Christ. And we understand the reality of, of a, an empty, repentant heart coming to him to be filled. And when he fills us, we overflow. Amen? We overflow with this unity and this love and this joy that we have uh, for our community. So that was something that was very evident during this week uh, with the projects, with a lot, a lot of teenagers participating and a lot of, a lot of uh, even younger than teenagers, children participating. Uh, we had, we had the, the middle age, the older, it, everyone participated. And I know, Justin, you had, a, you had an experience with that. And just give me some of your thoughts and your impressions from the Escaton work project and, and that dynamic of that, that cross-section, that, that demographic. Well, what was really encouraging for me, just to start off with, when we showed up, um, we all gathered out in the foyer, and just the number of volunteers that we had show up for it, was, that was really powerful for me to see that, you know, and um, just be a part of that. Um, it was awesome to have just pretty much every age group, all age groups represented, you know, from three years old on up, you know, everybody, there was somebody from every age group there. And as Crystal was talking about with the youth group being there, um, 
that was neat to have them there and a, and a great turnout of teenagers there and everybody just being willing to work together and you know just serve together as a as a group and be unified in our thinking um, just with the, the sole purpose really of going over to Escaton Manor and just showing love and kindness to those people in, in any way that we could. Um, and it was neat being a part of that and just having everybody, you know, work together to do whatever it was that they um, asked, asked of us, you know, whatever it was that we could do in order to really help them out and, you know, just strive to be the hands and feet of Jesus while we were over there, yeah. you know. Yeah. Certainly, you know, there's unity there, and there's, there's unity in, in having everyone show up and serve together. And that, that's really, you know, I think the church has gone away from that at times and said, well, there, there's our children's ministry, and there's our youth ministry, and there's our young adults or our, our women's and our men's, and there, then there's the old folks class, right? And we still see semblances of that once in a while, right? It's true. But ultimately, we're one body in that, that for us to really, to really be growing in our faith, we have to, to be in each other's lives. We have to be serving alongside of one another. We have to be growing alongside of one another. The, the older should be teaching the younger, and, and those, those that are called younger are older for somebody else, and they should be teaching the younger. And it should just be this huge example of unity in Jesus Christ, and that's the way we grow. We see, we see the impression um, that, that people that are older than us make on our lives for their faith, and, uh, and we should pour that out into people younger than us. So a great, great opportunity to be united and, and see that demographic um, just totally cross cross culture, but but cross the ages, uh, represented there on on that Saturday morning and, and throughout the week as well. The next point in uh, in the message, looking at this passage, is that love is genuine and that it heals. Love is genuine and it heals. And I want you to look at this next next part in the passage, uh, thirty three to thirty four. It says, but the but a Samaritan on his journey came to him, and uh, and when he saw the man, he had compassion. He went over to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Right, there was a genuineness in this, this love and this attitude. And kind of like what Justin was saying and, and Crystal and, and this, even Norm, the idea there behind what we did during that, that week was from the heart. Right? It was from the, from the innermost part of us. And it was about God's love, God's joy overflowing to the world around us. And that, that's so important. That's so important to understand that love is genuine. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities we have uh, in life to, to serve or to, to help somebody, but, but sometimes it's not always genuine, is it? It's not always from the heart. Uh, one of the neat things I wanted to share a quick story was about the, uh, the grocery bagging. We did, we did celebrity, call, they call it celebrity bagging at, at Ray's Food Place. So you go down there and, and other groups come down to do that. And they sign up and they put their table up. You've seen them before. And they have little donation jars. And, and so it's, who does that? What kind of groups do that? High school, high school yeah, different teams, cheerleaders, right? Yeah, all kinds of groups that, that are just trying to, trying to earn a little money, maybe for their jerseys or for their sports equipment, whatever they're doing. But they come there to earn money. And, and I know myself, even when I was a teenager, or even, even now at times, you're, you're doing a job. And, and sometimes it's just a job, isn't it? It's just a job. And, I, and I've been to Ray's when, when some of these groups are bagging groceries. There's not a lot of deep down joy there. They are putting in their time. They are punching the clock, running it out so they can earn their money, right? And that's okay. We, we understand that. But the checkers understand that too. 
And, and watching, see, when I, when I went to the bagging grocery thing, and I love that. That was, that was like, I want to do this, I want to do this. I used to bag groceries as a young kid, and, and it was just my, my favorite time. So when we went to do this, I thought we were going to bless the socks off of our community, right? Because that was the busiest time, the busiest day, and they had a lot of people come through. So we're, we're just going to just bless and love the community. What really happened is we blessed and loved the checkers that we worked with. Because they were there the three and a half hours that we were there. We were working alongside of them, loving them, encouraging them, following their lead, being respectful of them. And, and as we worked, it wasn't just one person saw us and left. They saw us time and time again showing a genuine love from our heart because of what Jesus has done. And they caught on to that. It was, it was amazing to see them catch that as well. So, so love is genuine and it heals, right? It, 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 uh, a joy swells up inside the heart. One other story about eschaton. We had... We, Dane and I were working on a project outside in, the, uh, in their garden. And one of the gals that was kind of coordinating that with Alistair and with us, uh, she was very grateful and wanted to check in. And, and that we had, they had teams that were cleaning her apartment as well. But she, she came out and just in the conversations we had had the weeks leading up to this project, right? And, and kind of like she's trying to wrap her mind around, why are we doing this? There's something different about us. Why are we doing this? Uh, you, could, you could absolutely see just this, this perplexed mind, right? But she understood there's a genuineness. At the very end of the project, she came out and ex- expressed how grateful she was. And, and she, she looks at us, and we've been very cordial to her, you know, every time, good morning, shaking her hand. And she says, do you guys, are you guys okay with a hug? Are you okay with a hug? Can I hug you? I'm like, yeah, are we okay with a hug, <laughs> right? That's, of course we are. But she understood there's a genuineness there, and that genuineness just overflowed. And, and, and people were catching that, and it was, it was good for their heart. And it wasn't just about being good for the heart, right? It was, it was about Jesus and about making sure we, we express this is about Jesus Christ. He was good for our heart. He did good for our heart, and we want to do good for yours because he's going to do good for yours. This is about Jesus, and we have to ha- have such rewarding conversations with people because of the genuine joy down deep in our heart. And I know there's a genuineness, too. We, we did uh, pizza deliveries, and I'm going to let Chase tell you a little more about that. So if you guys know the Mount Shasta schools, you know that it's hard to minister to the teachers there. They kind of have a hand to Christianity. They're like, we don't want to talk about that. Um, But we ended up sending a card to them that talked about why we were doing what we were doing. And it had a build your own pizza thing where they got to mark what what, kind of things they wanted on their pizza. So it was like an individual pizza that they wanted specifically, which was really cool. And we were talking about this. We were going to go to First, we were just going to go to Sisson in the elementary school, and then we're like, well, why not do the high school, too? So we did all three, and I was telling Brandon, I was like, I got the numbers, and it was close to like 100, and then we ended up doing Siskiyou Medical Group as well. Uh, it was over 100, and I was like, well, I'd be happy if we got like 30 to 50. Like, that'd be great. So I leave for a week. I go to Hume Lake, and I come back, and I'm like, so how many pizzas are we doing? They're like, over 100. I was like, whoa. Like, we almost got every staff in the schools, which I thought was just incredible. And uh, anyway, I've coached baseball at the high school as well, and I'm um, just talking one of the one of our coaches, um, he is the PE teacher, and he was telling me how excited the teachers were about that and how they were so looking forward to that. And then, um, so I went up, we, that, that day we put all the pizzas together, and I used to go deliver them to the high school and the elementary school. And anyway, come back, and it was cool, like, I got to see the students up there as well, some students that I haven't seen in a while, and um, go deliver them to the teachers in the teacher's lounge. Well, I come back, and I get texts on my phone from some of the teachers that I, that I know that, you know, the athletic directors like that. these pieces were amazing thank you so much and it was just a great opportunity to be able to 
like minister to them and show them that show them the hands and feet of Jesus and to show them how much we love them and how much we appreciate them for pouring into our students' lives. You know, and I know in the past we've done stuff for the students at the school to try to minister to the students, but we finally got to minister to the teachers, which I just thought was incredible. Is you know, I have a heart for up there at graduating from Ashasta High School to see them, to show them the love of Jesus even now out of high school in ministry has just been incredible. So it was a great time to be able to show them the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah, very genuine. I want to read a card that we got from, from some of the teachers. It said, and we sent this card out, and, and the card that we sent them basically said, we want to serve and love you. Jesus first loved us. It's about loving and giving back, and we want, we want you to know it's from him. And, and we wanted to bless you. We wanted to love you today. So this, the, their card back to us said, we, we'd like to thank you for the delicious pizza. They were so good. It is nice to know people appreciate what we do. And then she, she responded on this, I think, to the card. We said, again, we, we wanted to love you today. We wanted you to feel loved today. And she says, we did feel loved. Thank you again. And love a couple teachers. And then there's a card we got from Siskiyou Medical Group. Uh, and, and some of the people wrote in that. I just wanna, I, wanna, I want you to be aware of the genuineness they see, right? Uh, thank you. Uh, your love touches so many lives. Thank you very much for the pizza and your kindness. Thank you for the special pizza. What a, what a sweet thing to do. Uh, God bless you. Thank you so much for giving the loving blessings, uh, for, for loving us. Uh, blessings on you. Love so-and-so. It says, blessings to all of you for, for all that you do the, and the lives that you touch. Right? And this is because God first loved us in Christ that we can love people and they see that genuineness, and they feel that genuineness, and it's, it's something that transforms and changes uh, in their heart. One of the, um, the times we were downtown, we did, uh, we did window washing downtown. We had two big, group, big groups of people this year, two teams going through, and I was, my job was to go into every business, right, and to, to, talk to talk to the owners and store owners about, can we wash your windows? Can we, can we do this project? Um, and, and some were kind of resistant, some were not. But there was this one that I went into, and I went in last year, too, and, and they had refused to let us work there last year. They refused to have the windows washed. No, no, we don't, no, we don't, we, we don't need that. Move on. This year, we go in. So we've been back now. It's kind of that long haul thing. We, we continue to love. We, we go, I go back inside this, this store, and the gal says, you know what? Yeah, I, w- I want you to do that today. But I want to tell you why I want you to do it. And I said, well, okay, this, this should be interesting, right? I, think I, I thought I told you why we're going to do it. And, and, and she, she says, I'm going to tell you why I'm going to allow it. I, I'm going to allow it because I see the joy that's in all of your hearts as you do it, because we've been on the street already, and she, she knew it was coming, right? But she saw that, and that, that, from that testimony from last year, she didn't even have her windows washed last year, to this you're saying, you know what, yes, please do, because I see a joy in you that, that I haven't seen before, and I want, I want to know more. And we get to have a conversation and a dialogue about Jesus and about, about Easter, because that was our kind of our open-door conversation, got to invite her to church, church services, and just hope to have that, that continued conversation um, leading to Jesus. So really great opportunities. Um, Kathleen, I know you, um, you shared and served with the youth during the week, but you, you were part of almost all the projects. Um, share a little bit about people seeing our genuineness and, and asking you questions about that, if you, if you would. Yeah, um, so just being 14, like doing almost all the projects, um, I remember my dad saying, um, oh, I signed us up for the projects. And I was like, oh, which one? He's like, all of them. <laughs> so that was fun. And um, so as we start to go to them and there's the grocery bagging and we're all matching shirts. It's either green or blue, but they're all the same. And people start asking me questions like, oh, why do you guys all have the same shirt? And it's like, what is this from? It's like, oh, we're just from Baptist, First Baptist Church and we're trying to 
share and show God's love through us and our love to our community. And like um, Chase and Justin both said, like we are the hands and feet of God and we are trying to show that to the community. And they'd ask questions about my faith or Christianity or even about um, Jesus and God. And it was just really interesting because like people, once I started talking to them and I got interested, and they got interested, like, we were having a conversation for a while. And um, then they'd end up saying, like, oh, do you guys accept donations? And they'd, like, try to take out their money and give it to me. And I was like, no, I don't accept donations. And they're just like, why? Why don't you want my money? Like, <laughs> um, and it's like we want no strings attached. We want it to be just free, willing, and just um, us showing how much we care about our community. And it's just special, like, in that way. And um, then, like, it wasn't even just at the one project, but just, like, everyone where I was talking to people or um, praying with them if they asked for prayer or even if I asked them and they wanted it. So, yeah. And talk a little bit. You, you said, like, during your prayer walk, you had the, the prayer walk downtown, that you, uh, you had a group there. And it was kind of neat because they were doing that before we did the windows and after we did the windows. But you were able to actually, you said, go in and, and visit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so I, it, was, it was the day before, um, or even earlier that morning, before window washing downtown, that we did a prayer walk. And it was my first time ever being on a prayer walk, so I was actually super nervous, but then I got there and I knew some of the people, so I was more comfortable. And I'm not the kind of person to normally pray in public. I'm just sort of like, keep that to myself kind of thing. And I got more comfortable, and I started praying. And we went and prayed for every single building, even if it was closed, um, that a successful building or business would go into that building and make this town even better. And as we were going down, we went into the open shops and businesses and asked them if they needed prayer. And they would either say, no, thank you, I'm good, or they would say yes, and they'd ask us to pray about their business or about family issues or, like, someone sick that they wanted to pray for. And we would, and it was just, like, really touching, especially because, like, you could see how grateful they were even just for prayer, and it was really nice. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, pretty amazing. You know, you think about the story I share about this gal seeing the joy in our heart. Who, who went in there beforehand? Who, you know, prayer is so powerful. And as we had these prayer walks, that was the idea. It wasn't just like, oh, let's, let's go do an arbitrary prayer walk. No, let's go do an intentional prayer walk. We're going to pray that God would have his way in the hearts of people as we go and minister to them. So pretty amazing opportunity and, and just amazing. Uh, the, the, the legwork that was laid, um, the work was done beforehand as we went into the town to start loving people. So really, really awesome. Um, Justin, I, you, one, one more thing for you. You had, uh, you had talked about this, uh, this genuine experience, but also being a genuine example for your family. Ju Justin had mentioned like this cross-section of three-year-olds and up right? Well, the three-year-old was, was his daughter, Jesse, and uh, so he and his wife and, uh, and, and Lainey, their six-year-old, and then Jesse, their three-year-old, went and were a part of that, and, and I know it was important to you. Tell us a little more about that. Yeah, for us, <clears throat> it was a really special opportunity to serve in that ministry as a family. You know, it was something that we saw that we could sign up for as a family and just use that as a time to show our girls um, just how to show God's love to somebody else, you know, and, and to really be able to show um, genuine kindness, kindness and um, just humble ourselves um, to the point of, of truly serving somebody else in whatever they asked of us mm -hmm. to do. And we wanted our girls to, to see us living that out, you know, um, to us the best way to, 
to show them or to teach them is by example, you know, and, and them witnessing our actions and, and how we treat other people. Um, that was just a, a good opportunity for us to be able to do that. And, and it was neat to have them be with us and, and actually get in there, you know, and, and help clean the bathrooms or clean the kitchens or whatever, you know. So we enjoyed that um, opportunity to do as, as a family. We appreciated being able to do that. Um, something, a, a comment that one of the residents made to us that was really powerful to me that I wanted to share with everybody. Um, one lady, when we started working in her apartment, she said, you know, and just when I thought there were no good people left out there, you guys come along and totally restore my faith. Mm-hmm. And, and that was just neat for us to get to hear that, you know. Absolutely. I appreciated yeah. that. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. No, that's, that's amazing. I think people, people saw a genuineness, right, in love. Love is genuine, and, and it heals. And, and we, I don't know if I shared this with you a couple weeks ago. When we first started these projects and started, uh, we, we put the, the kind of the fleece over there at Escaton for what projects do you want us to do. They started filling out those cards really early. We got them back, and we knew we had quite a workload. But we also, as, as Alistair was making those calls to those residents, just confirming what we were going to do, um, we, we understood and saw and heard an openness like we had never had before to the residents there because we started last year because we had already shown ourselves and proven ourselves in that way uh, God was working in and through those those acts of service those acts of love for his glory so it was an amazing amazing thing and I was I was so excited to to know that the fruit is ongoing and the fruit is because it's about the long haul right from a genuine genuine love so love is genuine I want to read one more card uh, we haven't talked about this project yet but one of the projects was a, uh, we were doing an, an Easter meal prep. So uh, Lynn Cross and a bunch of folks gathered and cooked turkeys and ham and, and all kinds of good fixings to go alongside of it and these containers to take over uh, to the Eskaton residents. And they had pre-ordered what they wanted, and whether they wanted turkey or ham or both or a vegetarian one. You know, one of the comments that we got back uh, was we were amazed that, that our vegetarian one wasn't just, you know, bread and vegetables. That was actually everything that was included except no meat. It was like a portobello mushroom stuffed and stuff with cheese and they were, they were really excited to be thought of in that regard and to be taken care of so well. But here's one of the cards that, that came in. So thank you so much for taking the time to lovingly prepare and share a wonderful Easter dinner with us. The dinner was delicious. We felt that, we felt that the dinner uh, was blessed by God's love. The turkey was so tender it melted in our mouths. Uh, we hope you had enough to enjoy some too. Uh, may God bless you. Thank you so much. Uh, happy Easter. So a w- wonderful card, just a testimony of what, what was going on in the hearts of people and, and how they were treated and how they were loved. And, and I think every year we do this, you know, as we, if we keep going back to Eschaton, we're going to see an increase in the joy. We're going to see an increase in, in the fruit in their heart that God is going to continue to do that. So uh, it's going to be an amazing thing. And, and, and the encouragement is this. The, the job isn't over, right? Some of you have, were on teams and were, were in people's homes and apartments and got to know somebody. Go back. Bring them some cookies. Bring them, some, bring them a smile. Bring them some love. Uh, tell them about Jesus. You know, there should be a long, a long haul process here that we could, we could partner with and come alongside people in our community that, that we would be a good neighbor for them as well. So love is genuine and it heals. But the, the final thing, number three, is that love is willing to do whatever it takes. Love is willing to do whatever it takes. Uh, the Luke text in, in verse 35, the next day, he that is a Samaritan took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. When I come back, I'll reimburse you for whatever extra you spend. 
I'm willing to pay extra. I'm willing to, to go farther. I'm willing to go the distance here to take care of someone. And that, that's what it means to be in it for the long haul. We don't just stop the project. And, it's, and people, by the way, are not projects. Amen? Like we did this missions week, and we had a lot of projects set up. But these people were not our projects. These people are, are people made in the image of God uh, and, and hungry for love, hungry for compassion, uh, hungry to be, to be heard and, 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 and to have maybe have questions answered. It's, it, they're people. They're not projects. And we continue to love them for the long haul. Um, I wanted to, to touch base. Chase had, had a little bit to share. Uh, we did some work in the park. And I just want to talk about a little bit going above and beyond what your experience was there, Chase. Yeah. Um, so we helped the city park. We were rake leaves and stuff like that on uh was that Wednesday or Thursday last, or that missions week? Well, um, the guy that I was talking to, I actually, I've known him from the past, being in the community and stuff, and his goal was just to get the lawn raked when you first drive in. And it was in the video is when I, like, turned around and, like, you could see what was going on. It was all raked up there. And that was about 45 minutes in, and uh, he actually had one, like, one pickup, like a smaller pickup that we were throwing stuff in. And then I had my pickup, and then Chad had his trailer, and uh, we used all that. So it was going by really quick. So like 45 minutes goes by, and we had like two and a half, three hours at this project. And um, anyway, we drawn a blank now. <laughs> um, after we were done with that that first project, we I was like, well, so what next? So we started working our way down toward the buildings, and then we started working. And then I was like, so what's next? Like we we have all these people here, and we want to work. So um, then we started working our way behind the building, and it was just a blessing to him because that was stuff that he a project he hadn't got to, and he was like, I don't know when I'm gonna get to this. And it, he was just amazed at all the people that we had helping. They actually went and bought more rakes for us because we didn't have enough, and um, it was just a blessing to them and a blessing to our community in that way. And actually, on the other side, they wouldn't have us go too far because on the other side of the park, they actually had um, Cal Fire with some prisoners over there doing the same thing we were doing, which I thought was pretty funny. And he's like, okay, you can't go past this line here. I'm like, okay, we won't go past that line. So it was just really great to see that, you know, and um, just helping them in the summer and just continuing that relationship. Because I know we tried to do this a couple years ago and we ended up getting rained out. And I know a couple years before that I had done it with the youth and it was like raining. So it was nice to continue to continue to build that bridge with them, to continue to show them the hands and feet of Jesus during that time too. Yeah, and go, going above and beyond in that, you know, and, and doing, doing more than what's expected of us. I had a gal came out, actually the same gal that came, came out and wanted a hug. She expressed how, how deeply moving it was to have a team come into her home. Now, they had, they had checked off on a, on a piece of paper what they wanted done. And this gal said, I just, I just wanted my shower stall cleaned and like my counters wiped down in my, in my kitchen, right? And she came out and said, the team came in there, and before I even could blink, they, they had washed my toilet, they washed my, my bathroom sink, they washed our bath, my bathroom floor, they'd vacuumed, they'd swept, they'd mopped the kitchen floor, they did whatever dishes were in the sink in the kitchen, and they, and they cleaned the whole kitchen counters, all the surfaces down. And she was amazed, right, that, that love's willing to do whatever it takes, right? It's, going, it's willing to go in the long, long haul and dig deep in there. And, and uh, she was just blessed by that because it was actually love. It was actually love, out of love, right? And that's maybe a difference. You have, you have uh, a bunch of people serving, raking leaves out of love, and then you have, on the other side of the line, people who were doing it because they had to, convicts, right? And there wasn't that same genuineness, that joy there that, that we have. We, we have the joy of Christ inside of us and that we ought to share that. Uh, as, as he has loved us, we will love the world as well. So um, next thing, Crystal, I, I don't want to continue this story with you. Crystal, you had this, like the, the teenagers at the church, and then they went to Eschaton, and it's, it's a long day, right? And just tell us about digging deep. Well, yeah, we came back to the church, and we decided that we needed to feed them so that they could last because our carnival for the kids doesn't start till 4. 
And um, so we, you know, kind of vegged out and trashed the place a little and ate. And so it was good. And then, you know, it was pretty much Chase was like, okay, like we got to clean up, make sure no one knows that we've been here for 24 hours and we need to pack up all of our stuff and we're going to go to Sisson and we need to set everything up before everyone comes. And it was just amazing. No one grumbled, like no one complained. They, we turned on the music, we started moving the couches, moving all the tables, like throwing away all the trash and, you know, they packed up all their stuff. Then we had to pack up, we have like probably 10 different stations of games um, craft and then the face painting and we had to pack all that into the cars and uh, luckily there was some people from church that came to help decorate and set up and so we made our way over to Sisson and it was in the cafeteria and uh, we just started blowing up balloons a hundred I don't know there's some left on the roof but um, we decorated we set up everything and it kind of was like 3:30, and I was so tired and and I didn't have to look around to know that everyone else was very tired. And we couldn't have done it without the teenagers because each, um, each station had two teenagers. We had to have someone there to help the kids and to pick up balls and to you know, pass out the egg and just to talk to them. And so Chase was like, go get us coffee. And so I snuck out for like 10 minutes, went to Yaks and got us coffee. I didn't get all the teenagers' coffees. But um, the morale wasn't down. It was just the energy was down, you know. But we... Uh, Jesus just stepped in, and kids started coming, and it was four, and parents were coming, and I think there was 120 kids that came, and our our group was just good at greeting and talking and playing and, you know, picking up 200 golf balls every, you know, couple minutes and, you know, starting the game again and starting the game again, and um, I just knew it was difficult because I had more sh more sleep than a lot of the people that were there, and you know, it was like four o'clock and they're still coming and we're so happy and everyone's just rallying their forces. But I knew that it was difficult because it was difficult for me and I love children and that's my ministry. Um, something that was quite unique and I was very happy about was there was a, a young man that was in seventh grade that showed up and he doesn't come to youth group and uh, he doesn't come to our church and he was invited by one of our seventh grade graders from here, and, you know, he had a cane, and he's been dealing with some health problems, and maybe not a cane, but it was hard for him, you know, it was hard for him to get around, and and he still was there the whole time, and he was having so much fun with all the kids, and, you know, um, he showed up at church today, and I went over and talked to him, and I was just like, I'm so glad you're here, and are your parents here, and he's like, no, my dad goes to the Catholic church, and I go with him sometimes, but I'm like, you're here alone? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I'm so grateful that you came. You know, I'm so glad to see you here. And he looked at me and he said, you know, my, my family's been talking about going to church for a while. And I decided I was going to be the first one to start it. Awesome. And I was just like, gave him a hug and was so excited. And anyway, lots of great things happened that day. And a lot of families came, not just from our church, not just from Teen Kid, but just from the elementary school and all around, and it was fun. I would say at the end, though, we all had to clean up. So it ended at 6, and it was like 6.30, and we're like, okay, guys, strip down all the decorations, put all the stuff away, where's the truck? You know, everyone file out, bring everything in. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, are we done yet? You know, where's the food? Are we going to eat? You know, but we still had to come back. We had to take everything out of the trucks. We had to put everything away. And... I don't think we lost any teenagers in that time. So they stuck it out, they did the work, and it was a success. They dug deep. For sure. Yeah.
And that's what love does. Love is willing to dig deep and, and go, go as far as it needs to go, do whatever it takes. Um, you know, and this, this uh, mission week was not about just, just no strings attached, like, hey, we're going to love you and, and, and in a warm and fuzzy way. It was about Jesus, right? This is about letting people know that because he first loved us, we want to love you and be the hands and feet of Christ. And, that, and, and we'll encourage you with that. We'll engage you with that. Uh, and what, that was one of the great things. And, and Kathleen, if you would share a little bit, you know, it wasn't just about the games and fun, but you were part of the gospel bracelet booth. Tell, tell people just about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so for the Easter festival, me and two other of the teenagers, so there's actually three, three of us teenagers at this booth um, making gospel bracelets, not just like bracelets, but they were gospel bracelets. I'm actually wearing mine right now. Um, so just a quick example. Um, there's five beats. <laughs> And the yellow one stands for heaven and the streets of gold and how God made heaven, and he wants us in there. But black bead represents our sin and how our sin keeps us from heaven because sin's not allowed in heaven. Then the red bead, because Jesus was cross crucified on the cross and his blood was shed for us in our sins. And the white bead, now that we are made clean and we are allowed to go to heaven with him. And green, because we are now allowed to and are able to grow in our faith with him and continue to just um, show others that. And with the gospel bracelets, I, it wasn't my first time making them, so I just always have a lot of fun with kids because they still have so much energy, so it just, it's fun. And as they were making them, I'd help them and tell them about the gospel and go along with them. And there was some people there that weren't, I didn't like them that much because just past and stuff, but... I still wanted to show them love and that they, um, and show them God through me, that they can still be loved even though through our past and not getting along all the time. And so I'd help their little sibling or even them if they wanted to make a bracelet and tell them about the gospel if they wanted to. And most of them did. And it was just really good just being able to show everyone, no matter who they were, just love and uh, about the gospel. So. Very cool. Thank you. Love, uh, love dig, digs deep. It's willing to do whatever it takes. Um, one of the last stories I'll share about the bagging of the groceries. We had, uh, we had the checkers there that were really just made a profound impact on their lives. And, and one of the gals, like, she understood the entirety of what we were doing. And it, what was neat is listening to her, the, cu the customers would be coming up like, oh, what's going on? Who are these people? And, and she would be the first line right there. And instead of allowing them to be, uh, come down to us and ask us a question, she'd be like, it's Good Friday. We did it on Good Friday, right? She said, it's Good Friday today, and, and they're passing on what, what Jesus did on Good Friday to the community. They want to show love. It's a, it's a good day to do service and show love. I, I was just amazed that she caught that, that she understood that, and, and that she was telling her customers that. Well, we weren't even telling them, right? I mean, we would tell them afterwards, but she was the first line there. She was the one telling the customers that this is, this is why they're doing this, and, and, and knowing that we, we wanted to be there to love. We would give up whatever to love. If you did bag and groceries, right? I mean, a lot of these were, were physical things, but your feet hurt, right? Feet hurting a little bit? Yeah. It was one of those times. I mean, people who work at grocery stores are amazing people. They stand all day long, right? Um, but yeah, it was, it was one of those you dig deep and you love, you love from the heart. And, and she was able to understand uh, the depth of where, where we were coming from. The other thing is this. All, all that week long, we had tons of people. I, I don't even know how many. Alistair, do you know how many people we had total signed up to help? Over 100, right? Over 100 individual people came and helped and served during, during Mission Week. And, and that was amazing. I'm so proud of all of you. And, and, and for all of those hundreds of people that came, 
many, 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 many had to adjust and readjust and, and to dig deep and to, and, and to like, suffer from inconveniences. And, and I just want to say you're all all-stars. You did a great job loving our community, and, and you, you shined for Jesus really, really well. Uh, people in the community have seen that and know that. And certainly it's not about us. It's not about us being in the limelight or in the spotlight. It is all about Jesus getting the glory. Amen? Amen. Well, I'll give these guys a hand. Thank you guys for sharing so much. Appreciate that. We're going to close up with the, uh, the last part of our service, but um, I, want to, I want to just uh, have you watch this short one-minute video, and then we're going to talk about it and close our service together. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Would you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? Welcome to this neighborhood, neighbor. Yeah, right? <clears throat> I love Mr. Rogers growing up. It was just always on at my grandma's house and a and, uh, very neighborly kind of guy, isn't he? Very neighborly. I, I actually, as I looked this video up, uh, there is a movie coming out about him this summer. might be kind of fun to go to and check it out. But um, I, I wanted to kind of illustrate the last part of this passage with what Mr. Rogers always said, won't you be my neighbor? You know, at the beginning of this, of this parable, of this story, Jesus, Jesus says, um, or, or the, guy, the guy asks, who is my neighbor? You know, who is it, Jesus? Who's my neighbor? And I think we, we kind of are like that Pharisee sometimes. Like, Jesus, please identify who my neighbor is for me. Who are the ones I, I need to love as a neighbor? Which means it implies what? Who are the ones I don't need to love? Who are the ones I can avoid? And Jesus tells this profound story. At the end of it, he asks a different question. If you look at your, your scripture. He says, and who do you suppose, or which one of, of these three do you presume proved to be the neighbor to the man who had been beaten up by robbers. So it was no longer about, like, who's, who's my neighbor? We're called to love our neighbor, right? We're called to love people. But it was more about Jesus saying, won't, won't you be my neighbor? Won't you be the neighbor that you need to be? Because at the end of this, he says, well, who, who proved to be? Well, it was a guy who showed compassion and mercy. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. Go and do the same thing. Go and be the neighbor you're called to be. Go and love your community, the people I put in your, in your path every day. There's no, there's no one that is exempt from our view or, f- or from exempt from the compassion of God that we are called to be a neighbor to. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and pray together as we close. Father, we are so grateful for your love and compassion. We are thankful for the opportunities you've given us through Mission Week, but the opportunities you are going to continue to give us every day of our lives as we, as we endeavor to be a neighbor to the people around us, to everybody always. We love you. We thank you for grace. We thank you for compassion. May we love because you have first loved us, because you have changed our heart. 
May we see love begin to heal other people's hearts and they would come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Have a great week.